1: We make each other better. She always reminds me about what actually matters.
2: You know, love conquers all. Wherever he is, I, I want to be there, always.
0: She just always accepted me for who I was. He makes me a better person. It was like love at first sight. Well, love is the most important thing.
2: In a time of great difficulty and isolation amongst so, so much of the population, Something magic happened.
1: I think it provided hope. They could see it as, well, these two can find themselves. There's something there for all of us.
0: Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's fantastic love story belongs to Audrey and Jim from White Rock, BC. Their love blossomed late in life during a lockdown and took these senior singles by surprise. Then their story took the world by storm. Just wait till you hear how Jim, an artist, put his intentions in a painting in an epic romantic gesture. This is the Canadian Love Map. Jim and Audrey, I have been so looking forward to talking to you. Welcome to the Canadian Love Map. Well, thank you very much. Thank you,
2: Nancy.
0: I love hearing stories of silver linings from the pandemic. And you know, like everything in life, there are different dimensions to different experiences. And while so many people struggled in the past few years, you had a beautiful thing blossom during the pandemic. Tell me if you don't mind about the start of your relationship.
1: Well, that was a story, I guess it started around 2017. I uh, I lost my former wife then and um, I was um, pretty much uh, resigned to the fact that I was going to be on my own for the rest of my days because I was in my late 70s and how do you find any new start or would you ever find anything new uh, at that age? I just um, carried on with my work. I'm a painter mm-hmm. and so I I Artist. I'm in my studio isolating anyway. So that's just what I did. I then I realized the house was too quiet and I thought maybe I should look around and see if maybe I could find someone for at least some companionship just to spend time with. And I went on uh, Google, of course, and asked if there were any dating sites for seniors <laughs> and Google, of course, supplied me with 10 million sites, <laughs> which I, I just sort of said, oh, I'll try this one. And I filled out the long, and exhaustive profiles they have and submitted it. And they sent me, uh, I guess it was a half a dozen pictures of, of very lovely uh, women who uh, they said would fit my profile.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And in the corner of each of these uh, photographs was a number. And I couldn't figure it out. And I said, well, it's not a scale of 1 to 10. And then I realized it was the percentage of compatibility. Oh, really? And what? one of the photographs had 94% on it. And I said, hmm, anybody who's that crazy enough to be <laughs> like me, um, I've got to meet. And it was my dear Audrey.
0: Had it not been for the pandemic, do you think you would have gone to the possibility of online dating?
1: I would have uh, simply because I don't do the social scene very well. And um, as I said, I spend most of my time on my own anyway. So I would have probably looked for a way of contacting people um, that will fit with my lifestyle.
0: You were already open to that um, yes. platform because of your insular life, in a way. Right now, Audrey, I want to hear your side of it, but first, tell me what took you onto that dating site to start with.
2: Probably for the same reasons as Jim: companionship, someone special, of course, to to share time with, to do things with.
0: How long had you
2: been single? <laughs> 33 years, of wow. no. course.
1: <laughs> she wasn't a nun for 33 years. I mean, she, she had a lot of her little wild and crazy adventures. I mean, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, there were there were fellows along the way, and and one in particular that was, I don't know, 20 years. Um, we did a lot of traveling together, um, but it never, ever came to living together. It was, mm-hmm. we are independent and just enjoyed each other's company. And and then that was sort of, it was drifting away.
0: So when did you take the plunge and get on an online dating site?
2: I don't remember now, I really don't. I really don't, but I had been on it maybe a year, maybe a year, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it just became frustrating so I didn't pay much attention to it. And I thought, you know, you have to pay for this. And I'm not getting my money's worth, so I'll close it out. And before that happened, I got this message that says, they say we're 94%. I wonder what that looks like. And I thought, he can write sentences. <laughs> <laughs> because that was not always the case. You'd get silly comments. And so I responded. And he we just had very short interaction. And he said, well, uh, how about FaceTiming? And I hadn't really done that. And next thing I knew, there was his face. <laughs> and so that's what we did. And we talked for two hours a night for 10 nights. Couldn't wait for his call. And we talked about everything under the sun. And then I thought, this, this can't go on. I, I want to meet this. <laughs> I need to meet this man. Um, but I was seriously self-isolating since the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, so this was in the fall. So he said, I'd like to take you out for lunch or dinner. And I said, I can't do that because I'm self-isolating. Oh, he said. And the next day he said, it's all arranged. <laughs> <laughs> he can make things happen too. He'd gone to a very nice local pub and asked him about when they had a low capacity. And he said, uh, he said to me at two o'clock in the afternoon, there's hardly anyone in there and there's a table that we could sit at, you know, remove from everything. And if you're not comfortable with it, we don't need to do it. And I thought, okay, I I trust this man. So I went to the pub, found it, and um, he he was there. And he had his coat on, as I'm taking mine off. He said, "Um, I have to go for a few minutes, I'll be right back. And it took quite a while before I saw him again and i thought oh that seems I disconcerting thought, where, where is he and i asked somebody in the pub if they would please check the men's washroom and they said there was no one there and i thought well this this is this is so strange i i mean i didn't think he dumped me or anything so and i'm a patient person obviously so i waited <laughs> and then he walked past the window and then he came in and you can say what happened
1: well of course, I got to the restaurant early, you know, and I'm sitting there going through the usual ritual, you know. All right. I've got everything. I got my keys. I got my cell phone. I got my wallet. 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 (laughs) Didn't have my wallet. Oh, no. And so uh, when she got there, I got up and said, you know, uh, I got her settled. And I said, I'll I'll be back in a few minutes. I've got to go. And I took off. Now, when I say took off, I walk with a couple of canes. So I, I took off at about the speed of molasses, you know? So I wandered <laughs> off, got in a car, drove home, went in, got my wallet, drove back to the place and came in and sat down. And then very shamefacedly said, I had to go home because I forgot my wallet.
0: <laughs> what was the elapsed time? 15 minutes?
1: 15 minutes, yeah.
0: 15 minutes at least.
2: Like it was miles.
0: And Jim, you didn't, it didn't occur to you to tell her before you left that you had to go home and get your wallet? Uh, Were you afraid she would offer to pay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was one of these things where you're just concentrating on the one thing. I'll be, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. You know. Uh, yes. Anyway,
2: yeah.
1: so we, it, it, it went very smoothly from that point on there. We,
2: we sat and talked for another two hours and then by then it's getting four o'clock or so. I said, you know, we should go. People are coming in. And he said, well, would you like to come back to my place for tea? Now, being an artist, he could have said etchings, but he didn't. He said tea. (laughs) And so we came here and we had tea. And I don't know, another hour and a half or two hours. And I thought, I just better get home. And I left. And I think I probably Mm -hmm. came back the next day, did I? Yeah. And the next day after that.
0: Okay, I need to know, how did you feel when you left that day? Having had the 10 days where you spent two hours on FaceTime and then having met and and having that interesting start and and a great two-hour conversation, when you left after being at his place, how did you feel?
2: He was such an interesting person. I would have liked to have stayed, but that wouldn't have been very appropriate, really. And so um it was, yeah, I just wanted to go back. I, I just wanted to be with him, uh, with him to find out more about him. And I found his home quite different. It's because he's an artist, the place was filled every wall with the art of many artists plus himself. And so mm-hmm. it was a, a completely different environment to what I was used
0: to. <laughs> I guess I'm wondering: Did you feel that sense of energy that you would have remembered from being a younger woman when you met someone who was dynamic and and in whom you were interested? You know, were you fluttery? I guess uh, uh,
2: absolutely, absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, you know, what is this? It's is it really what it feels like? That's beautiful. What about you, Jim?
1: When she left, uh, I gave her a peck on the cheek, and and she let, walked out the door. And I said, I felt that part of me was leaving then I wanted that part back and I was saying to myself Mm. darn that wasn't very much of a kiss I said you know (laughs) it was a kiss on you anyway so uh, uh, as Audrey said she we got together again uh, I guess next day and the day after that and the day after that and then she brought her toothbrush so (laughs)
0: Okay, that is an excellent way to tell the story. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And and were you excited? I, I am laughing at you, Jim. Thinking, well, that wasn't much of a kiss. You are second guessing yourself afterwards. I should have shown her what I was capable. Of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's quite capable.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So when she came back, we we had a, a, a proper kiss next time. But uh, you know, the thing is that. Um, we didn't feel a particular age. We, you know, that old thing about you know, you feel like you're you're 20 until you look in the mirror in the bedroom in the bathroom. I was I was feeling 20.
0: Oh, that says it all. That's terrific. Where did it go from there? And I'm I can't I can't tell you how curious I am to know your family's reactions eventually.
2: <laughs> um, I don't know when I told my family, but. Um I would come and stay here for a couple of days, then I'd go back to my place and um because you know, I had things to do there. But it, it just got to be more and more that I would be here.
1: It was it was coming along and I told my kids, uh, coyly, that she had brought her toothbrush. And my <laughs> son just chuckled and said, Way to go, Dad. My daughter was just over the moon. She was quite happy about the whole thing that I had found someone.
2: And my kids said, mom, what are you doing? What what do you know about this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Much more protective.
0: oh gosh, you're bringing back memories for me because my grandmother met someone and got engaged when she was 69. And I have a a memory of my mother on the phone and just hearing her end of the conversation. And she was saying, mother, how long have you known this man, mother? (laughs) So I understand exactly the reaction you're talking about. Yes,
2: yes. It was amazing the similarities that we had. Our interests so aligned. I, I asked him about what volunteering he did because both of us that was a big part of our lives and he said well he was on the board of the white rock concert association and i said oh my gosh i was one of the founders of the richmond concert association i was with it for 25 years and etc and then i said oh you know so and so he said oh do you know so and so (laughs) next day he said george says hello (laughs) now so we even knew some of the same people or were familiar with with that person. It it was everything. It was activities. It was our love of music, classical music, politics, attitudes, ideas about living and what's important. And Jim has a multitude of friends. He's very, very well known here for all the work that he's done in various areas, various committees and boards. And everywhere we go, someone says, oh, I know you. (laughs) I think I've seen you at the concerts or or uh, whatever, you know, wherever we are. So then it got to be, he was going to be involved with an exhibition at the Vancouver Art Gallery. And it was going to be a six-month exhibition. And they'd asked for four paintings and So we sent them some, and then they got excited, and they said, we want 10. So that was pretty exciting. And so that was going to open at the end of May. And so late in May, you pick it up.
1: Late in May, uh, the week of the uh, exhibition opening, we were sitting at uh, dinner. We have a long table, and so we sit at the corner. You know, she's on one side, and I'm on the other side of the corner. And I was talking about the fact that uh, this show was important to me because it was a big show and it uh, would make a great difference in my life and i said and i think it's it's time that things change in our lives as well at that point being the smooth and suave guy i was <laughs> i i pull a little ring box out of my pocket and i'm holding it up and there's this big bold of in front of us and all i can say to myself in my mind is don't drop it in the pasta, don't drop it in the pasta, (laughs) don't drop it in the pasta. As I was, I handed it to her and she opened it up and she saw what it was and she said, oh Jim. And I said, well, put it on. She said, no, you put it on. (laughs) And so I put it on and then that was it. We were officially engaged.
2: And all I could say was, Oh, Jim. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Jim. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Jim. <laughs> and the tears were...
1: <laughs> she, she had great back vocabulary.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> so, so although her vocabulary was limited, it was clear that she was saying yes?
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> I did a painting, I guess about a month or two before then. The work I've been doing at the time has been updating classic myths. And I had done one of myself as Zeus waking up in the morning, and he's holding a cup of coffee. And in one hand, and on the hand he's holding the cup of coffee, there's a ring on the finger, and I had put Audrey's name on the ring. You know, because I was pretty serious about this. I wanted it to go forward, and to me, that was the start. And I said to her then, after I finished the painting, I said, well, you're in the painting too. And she said, really? I don't see me. I said, well, go take a look. And Then she saw her name. And I think wow. that uh, made her feel like she was part of everything.
2: Overwhelmed that he did that.
1: Then that painting was one of the paintings in the exhibition, and everybody wanted to go see the painting with the name on it.
2: You know, <laughs> where's the ring? Oh, I was. It, it was amazing how word got around. Yeah. So we'd be in the in the room at the gallery, and we'd hear people saying, "Where's the painting with the ring?" <laughs>
0: Well I've heard of a promise ring before but this was a promise painting and a promise ring all in one. Yeah 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 there's no going back. (laughs) We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. What a touching story. No wonder, people, that must have just ignited people's imaginations, knowing that story. And you got some media at the time.
2: Yes. Yes,
0: yes. Well, the media came after we got married.
2: So uh, yes. we our, our wedding was very small. It, we, we just wanted our children and grandchildren there. And we had it at a lovely golf course. It was outside in the sunshine and a uh, lovely lunch. It was it was beautiful.
1: Um, we got married at the end of September. Now, you know, you're, you're getting into <laughs> fall there and everything. Mm-hmm. It rained on September 24th. It rained on September 26th. We got married on September 25th.
2: <laughs> and it was glorious. Perfect day.
1: <laughs>
0: Oh, of course it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am not one bit surprised. I would have expected that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we had this perfect day. And as Audrey said, it was a, a small wedding. I think it was 12 people, 14 people. Yeah. And uh, I had this lovely little reception and everybody had a grand time. And at the end of it, you know, uh, as the groom, I stood up and I thanked everyone for coming and I appreciated uh them taking the time with their suit to, to be part of our uh, big day. And I said, now we're going home. We're going to put the clothes in the dryer and take a nap, which is what we did.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. I think
2: it may have been the next morning. Jim's son phoned. He's a journalist, and he's on Twitter. And he phoned, and he said he had to tell us he'd put on Twitter about his dad getting married at age 79 during the pandemic, you know, falling in love during the pandemic, and how does that happen? Kind of thing. And he said, and then he went to bed. And in the morning, there were over a thousand likes on that Twitter. And he said, It's it's going viral. He said, I just have to let you know. The next phone call he gave us was that Oprah Winfrey's editor had contacted him. Asking how to contact us, they wanted to do an interview. So, and we said, okay.
1: So, what do we know? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So we we did that. I guess a couple of days later, and um, she said, okay. She, the woman who did it, the editor, got back to me and said that it's it's online now. If it goes onto the print media, we'll let you know. And I don't think it got there, but from the online of the Oprah Winfrey magazine, um, People magazine picked it up. And then it it just rolled from there.
1: We got a call from a a Drew Barrymore show.
0: Yes. And
1: Tamron Hall show. I began to understand what my son was talking about. When he called, he said, uh, you know, I looked at it this morning and it had blown up. And I'm going, (laughs) was anyone hurt? (laughs) He said, no, Dad, that's not what it means.
2: So what? it just went from there. And then we got a call from Global Mag- um, Global Television here in Vancouver. And they wanted to come out and interview us in the home. So we said okay to that. And the interviewer came out with his photographer. And then it was on that evening, wasn't it? After yeah. six o'clock. Well, yeah. then the phone calls started and it was even more. And then um, we had to keep going back to my place in um, in Steveston because I was having to Clean it out, obviously. I couldn't keep that house and live here kind of mm-hmm. thing. Coming back down the highway, I said to Jim, I'm I'm hungry and I have no idea what we're having for dinner. He said, well, let's go to the... To cafe. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. So we walked in waiting for them to seat us and somebody bellowed from the bar, hey, congratulations, I saw you on TV. <laughs> and we got seated and had a lovely dinner and then we asked for the waitress to come with the bill. And she came and said, um, "Well, it's already been taken care of. Someone saw you on television, wanted to pay for your dinner." I said to Jim, "Let's go to a different restaurant every night." But <laughs> of course, we didn't do that. We could play this. Jim, <laughs> I'm going out the door, there were people coming in. They wanted to see my ring because it was um, it had been Jim's mother's engagement ring in 1939, and it's Art Deco and very special. And this just happens everywhere we go, to the bank, to to anything, and people will stop us. And obviously, it's still happening. <laughs> what I can't stretch
1: my arm in public anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think it is about your story that lights people up? That in a time of great
2: difficulty and isolation, and even fear amongst so, so much of the population, something magic happened. Two people that are probably older than their grandparents <laughs> and, you know, at age 79 and that this, that this could happen. How could this happen? They were so touched that something positive could happen, some a happy story. Yeah. and And everyone was clinging on to that. The comments that were on Jake's Twitter were just wonderful to read yeah. time after time, how happy people were and how it gave them a boost. Made them feel better.
1: I think it provided hope. They could see it as, um, well, if these two can find themselves, there's there's something there for all of us. There's hope that we can get through this and uh, find some joy in, in our lives. I guess it must have uh, helped or brought a little bit of joy to people because there were 159,000 likes the last time we looked.
0: It sounds like you're really in sync. And I'd love to know what it is you love most about the other. And I am curious to know who wants to go first.
2: <laughs>
0: she can. <laughs> Audrey, you're on the hot seat. What is it you love most about him? His
2: kindness, his understanding, his graciousness. He's considerate. He's fun. He, he makes me laugh. Now, that was one of the criterion in my
0: profile, and we laugh every day. It's just makes the body feel good. Mm, that's beautifully said. It From a distance, it seems like you feel cherished.
2: Oh, very much. Yeah. I
0: Happier I, than I've ever
2: been.
1: Yeah, she, she's brought me something that I never thought I would ever feel again, and she is more than I could ever hope for. In, in a person, in a companion. And it's just, just perfect. It feels perfect. And it is perfect now that I remember my wallet.
0: <laughs> what do you love most about her, Jim?
1: Uh, gosh. There's just so many things about her. I mean, again, she she's pointed out all those things about, she said about me, and I keep thinking, who is that person? But those things are emblematic of who she is she's wonderful she's kind she's patient she's understanding uh, which is a, an incredibly important thing for an artist because an artist spends so much time on his own or her own and uh, she understands that she comes by she takes a look at what I'm doing and uh, leads me to it. it it's it's just the ease with which we fit together
2: Jim doesn't make any demands of me and that's it's wonderfully freeing.
0: Oh, I love that statement. And I can feel the energy of comfort between you. You know, I've I've interviewed so many couples and uh-huh. I, I'm kind of sensitive energetically anyway, but I often will feel the sense of impatience if one person is answering and the partner is there and they're thinking, no, that's not right. And and uh-huh. there's an energy that you feel, you know, where they're, are little, they're static between them or a dissonance. And I uh-huh. just feel this sense of ease that you describe, just even from right. a distance. I think that's, I think it's really beautiful. And I'm so happy for you. And I think that's
2: why we're so happy. Yes. It, it, ju- it just, we, we, we never say, well, let's do this and let's do it this way or that way. It just flows.
0: And it doesn't matter who's right or wrong, I bet. No. Yeah.
2: I pout
1: a lot, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> oh, I need to know more about that. Does he, does he really pout?
1: <laughs> yeah, she ignores it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a secret to a good marriage right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ignore the pout.
1: <laughs> She's Just... raised three children, you know. <laughs> And so she's used to pouting. She knows how to get around
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> all he needs is a hug. Okay. That is really the secret right there, isn't it? Yeah. Because so often in relationship, if one person is feeling how a hurt or or disjointed a little bit, the other partner will step back instead of leaning in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as you say, Audrey, if all he needs is a hug to bring him out of the pout, that's the secret. Otherwise, it could go on for days.
1: Yeah, yeah. And my pouts never last very long.
0: <laughs> they're a
2: joke, I think. <laughs> yeah. but, but sometimes, too, sometimes we'll say, in, but it's um, not in a demanding way or anything. We we just say, well, we've got to talk about this. We've got to sort this out or how we're going to do it or whatever. And we do.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, we have two houses that we're trying to put into one. Oh, and both of the houses have been lived in for more than thirty years, so there's just a few things to organize right? <laughs> as I tell people it's a bit like watching a car crash in slow motion, you know all this stuff's sort of coming together and bouncing off each other. and the house looks like a a, a jumble sale at the moment, so
0: <laughs> I see that slow motion as a painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah. all it's, those different items that you value, you know, trying to cohabitate. There's not room
2: for all of it. Yeah. So, so it's a very slow process of what what is going to go and what is going to be brought in. And...
0: Well, it sounds like you've both figured out that uh, what is important is not in those boxes.
1: No.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's sitting on the sofa rubbing her feet. That's the important thing.
2: Now, that, he's a keeper just for that, don't you think?
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's talking my language. That's my love language right there. <laughs> I, I can't wait to find out, but I wonder what you think the future holds for you as a couple.
1: More of the same? Putting the laundry in the dryer and taking naps? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're just... Very comfortable. We can spend an entire day without doing a whole lot. We can put a dent in a week without even thinking about it, you know, <laughs> just hanging out together, not doing a whole bunch. Uh, I will go and paint and uh, Audrey will work on a newsletter and uh, she will uh, do things around the house. I mean, it's that's just what it is. And that's just how it is. It's just going to be us with a very comfortable existence.
0: To me, that sounds like the perfect definition of serenity, that all you want is more of the same.
2: We have really good discussions, too, about all sorts of things, what's going on in the world politically, concerns about our friends. But, but we have some good in-depth discussions, which I enjoy so much. It's important.
0: And are you yeah. both still intent on contributing, making a difference in the world?
1: I think we make a difference in the world just by what we do. We don't aim to make a difference. We just do what we do and and hope it will make a a difference. I mean, I spent 30 years teaching at uh, one of the local colleges up here. I hope I made a difference in what I brought to the students. Uh, I still have some students who will come to me and say, I remember you. Uh, I'm grateful for what you taught me. and That
2: happens happens a lot, actually. Not just here and there.
1: That's what it's all about for me. I mean, I don't try to make a difference. I just try to do what I think I can do best. And if it makes a difference in the world, great.
2: Jim's paintings are extraordinary as well. When he said about the um, old, help me here, Um, the, the Greek and the the classic myths, he puts them, he brings them up into current times because the problems that the myths had to do with, uh, are still with us, still have the same problems with people, with organizations, with countries. Those, those problems are still there. Jim puts them into paintings and they're very, very thought provoking so he's making a difference that way i i know he is and yeah. and but, from what his students say and they write to him
0: you know after all this time and audrey you said your your charity work was important to you that's um, an important way to contribute
1: audrey is very much uh concerned about the environment and uh, and nature and she edits a newsletter for probably the second or third largest uh naturalist organization in B.C.
2: I put it together and write it. Uh, oh. It's a monthly thing.
0: But that's what I was getting at. You know, you have a very comfortable life, but you're both also still playing a, an important role in the world and, and doing your part and helping make the world better.
2: At a much um, quieter and slower level than before, believe me. <laughs> I I couldn't do what I used to do. So, But we, we just keep plodding along and yeah. doing what we can. That's all any of us can do, do the best we can. I, I think people generally are doing the best they can.
1: Yeah, I mean, the old guy in the mirror keeps me, keeps the 20-year-old me mm-hmm. in check, you know. Just slow down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great way to end. <laughs> Thank you both so much for your time and for sharing your beautiful story.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Thank you, Nancy. It's been lovely talking with you. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. It makes such a difference. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.